0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monday Check-In. Today is Monday, January, February, March, April, May, that's the fifth month, 11th, 2020. My name is Damon Heitman, Um, joined today by two other people, one of whom is, let's see who goes first.
1: Dead air, dead air. Kylie, you were supposed to take the lead there. (laughs) Uh i'm pastor greg and uh happy to be here with you and super excited as well to have uh somebody else here with us who will introduce herself
2: yeah i'm kylie winberg parish associate glad to be here today
1: and so for if you are just
0: happen to be sort of tuning into this for the first time the monday check-in is uh something that we've started fairly recently from first presbyterian church in hastings nebraska Uh, we run through a few announcements uh, for folks to be aware of during the course of the week ahead, and then we sort of shift gears a little bit, and we take a look at uh, one of the scripture readings for the upcoming Sunday, and uh, we'll share that we read it, and then we just have a little conversation about it sort of at the start of the week, and then hopefully folks can mull that over during the during the next six days, and, uh, and then we gather up for worship on Sunday, and it just... Boy, it's just cohesive and smooth, and just everything always works perfectly, and just, just wow.
1: Except so. when the power goes out an hour before our Easter service, but you know what?
2: <laughs> Even then. Yeah,
0: we made it work. It was fine.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, Greg, what, what should we, what should we know? <clears throat> uh, some, some good stuff. So, yesterday, uh, I think most people know, was Mother's Day. And uh, our amazing Presbyterian Women's Group at our church always takes a special offering on Mother's Day to benefit a local ministry partner. This year, that uh, special offering is Healthy Beginnings, which is a program of uh, Maryland Healthcare, which walks with families that are at risk uh, either due to poverty or substance abuse issues or other things from uh, prenatal care all the way until their oldest child is three years old. And this is a really vital ministry in our community to help make sure that babies get a good start and are thriving and also to equip their parents with skills to be good parents. And so uh, if you would, like to, we invite you to send a check into the church made out to Presbyterian women with Mother's Day offering in the memo line to support this ministry partner of ours here in Hastings. And we will take those checks through the end of the month. Uh, So thank you for your generosity and for supporting this vital ministry partner. Uh, Another quick announcement is our scholarship committee. We've been blessed with some uh, monies that have been left to the church that have been designated for scholarships. And so we have a committee that gets together every spring and allots those money to to students who are in college, uh, members of our church. And so if you have not yet gotten your scholarship application, you can download that from our website and get it submitted. I believe the due date for that is May 15th. So you've got four days from the moment I'm recording this. Hopefully you catch it today or tomorrow. Finally, uh, just a heads up that uh, Sunday, May 31st is Pentecost Sunday. That is the, the traditional time that we celebrate the birth of the church. There's a story in Acts 2 of the Holy Spirit descending uh, and parking like a flame over everyone's head. And, and people are speaking different languages, but they can hear each other. And it's, it's the movement of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the church. Always a joyful Sunday that we celebrate at First Pres. The last couple of years, we've combined worship with the Episcopal Church and, and last year with the Baptist Church. We can't do that this year, but we have an exciting event planned, which is going to be a parade. We're going to invite people to come and park in the church parking lot for the start of service, and once service starts, they'll tune their radios to 1550 KICS AM radio, and we will have a parade route mapped out. Leading the parade will be a couple of hot rods that are painted up with flames on the side, uh, because the traditional sign of Pentecost is flame, as those came down and alighted over the heads of the disciples. And uh, the parade route will go through the city of Hastings and specifically uh, drive by members of our uh, shut-ins, folks who can't get out of their homes. And so they'll have a chance to be feel like they're part of the Pentecost worship service. They'll be able to be out on their porch or stand in their window and see this amazing flaming parade drive-by. So we're inviting the whole church who wants to to join us for that. If you don't own a car that has flames painted on the side, you have plenty of time to go get flames painted on the side of your car. Or you could also get some cut-out of, uh, of um, like, Paper or something like that, and you can tape them on the side for this flaming Pentecost parade where we will celebrate the Holy Spirit, we will celebrate the birth of the church, and we will celebrate our own church family as we drive through town and visit our VIPs, our shut in members. So, those are the announcements I've got for you today. Uh, I think we can dig into our uh, scripture study, but I would like to open us quickly with a word of prayer. So, let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks for. technology this morning that allows Kylie and Damon and I to meet in this way and to discuss your holy word and the claim that it stakes on our lives. This morning, as we read the gospel of John, may your spirit move through us in our conversations. May it move through the people who are listening to this broadcast so that they may feel your holy spirit in their lives, and they may see the work of your Holy Spirit in the world. We're going to be focusing this morning on love and what it means to love God. And so we ask that you build up the love in our hearts so that it bursts out and makes a difference in the world. We ask all this in your holy name. Amen.
0: Amen. So indeed, the passage that we have for this coming Sunday is from the Gospel of John. It comes from the 14th chapter, verses 15 through 21. It reads something like this. It begins with Jesus speaking. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. That's how it ends. Greg or Kylie, what do you got?
2: Go ahead, Greg.
1: All right, well, I um, I like this passage. Uh, I think it's important to remember that this passage comes uh, on the last week of Jesus' life, the chapter right before it is, uh, is the Maundy Thursday passage that we read where Jesus is there for the Passover meal with his disciples in the upper room. And he bends down and washes their feet and says, I have a new commandment for you that you love one another as I have loved you. And, uh, and then he continues on this discourse about love into chapter 14. Um, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and, uh, and the Holy Spirit, this advocate will be with you forever. And, Love that Jesus is talking about for me, the love that he wants his hearers to embrace is not some sort of an abstract philosophical or theological concept or, or some like wellspring of emotion. It's not that it, it lacks that, but it's, it's, it's more about the lived reality that's revealed in Jesus' life. One chapter earlier of him taking up the towel and washing his disciples' feet, but also throughout his ministry that we read about in the Gospel of John, the relationships, the actions that he takes... This guy, this, this simple guy who looks and talks like the people he's living among. And what does he do? How does he show love? How does he define love? Well, he feeds the hungry. He, he touches lepers and outcasts. He heals the sick. And he speaks and acts with love and, and compassion and caring towards everyone, uh, regardless of their position in life or society. And frankly, he, he makes a point to reach out to those who are the most marginalized and the most oppressed, the way that he brings women into his circle of ministry and lepers and Samaritans. So you you see the love that he's talking about here is this love of service and compassion. Um, It's also a love that is manifest when he's protesting those who aren't embracing this love of service and compassion. And he really wants everyone to embrace this love, which is grounded in an, an ethic of, of mutual regard and care for one another. So that was that was my first pass at this. How about you, Kylie?
2: Yeah, I, I also tuned into the way that he's talking about love being a love of action, not a love of action, but love expressed through action. And in specifically, he says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." And so that got me to thinking. Well, what commandments might he be referring to? And of course, our our minds maybe go immediately to Is that the Ten Commandments? And yes and no. I think, um, as Greg just mentioned, um, Jesus gives us a new commandment, the chapter right before there. If you, um, he says, love others as I have loved you. And also during Jesus' ministry, he's asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So again, it's, it's love. The commandment is to love. And then the challenge, though, is how do we apply that? How do we apply that? How do we live that each and every day? And I think that's, that's where um, Jesus' commandment, God's commandments come to us in very personal ways. Um, When, when we feel that nudge, that nudge to love, to serve, to reach out in compassion and forgiveness, that's a commandment in our lives in that moment. And it's, it's our spiritual growth opportunity to discipline ourselves, to be able to make the choice to follow, to hear that and to follow it readily, whether it's something we're in the mood to do at that moment or not. Again, it's that love expressed through action.
0: Yeah, I, f- I find it interesting that it gets, so the very first, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's, it's given as, that is a thing that is going to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It, it's not, if you love me, um, then you might <laughs> keep my commandments. Um, yeah. Or you know, it's, yeah, it, if you love me, then this is a this is a natural outspring of that, right? I, you you drop a bowling ball and it goes down. <laughs> it, it's just it's a simple cause and effect sort of relationship between the two, um, and this idea that loving Jesus spurs us to keep his commandments, and of course his commandments have to do with love and and acts of love and and approaching people in love and considering them in love and all those sorts of things as well.
2: Yeah, and that the way it becomes so natural, I think, is because of the Holy Spirit being active in our lives. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, I'm going to send you the the advocate. Uh, That's that's the link. That's what makes it work. Um, The Holy Spirit is who and how who gives us the ability to know what is the right thing in the moment? And not only to know what is the right thing in the moment, but to have the strength and the power to fulfill it. We, we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us at all times. And, and Jesus even says, the world may not realize this, but you do. You've got it. <laughs> it may not be explainable but you're gonna see me you're gonna you're gonna feel the Holy Spirit you're gonna recognize it because you're gonna find yourself doing these acts of love
1: mm-hmm. yeah and I think my experiences Presbyterians are, are just a wee bit uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit right um, but, but we're working on it right <laughs> uh, you know I, I had a seminary professor who said, the way we envision the Trinity is, is two men and a, and a bird, uh, because the Holy Spirit is traditionally, um, shown as as the dove descending at Jesus baptism, but that's, that's about the extent of it. And so when we start reading passages about the the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, I think it it can make us a little uncomfortable because that's the mysterious part of God that, that pushes us to action. As you said, that nudges us. And, uh, and we like things decently and in order. And sometimes the Holy Spirit makes things very messy uh, because all of a sudden we're being nudged into uncomfortable spaces and into doing uncomfortable things. Um, I've thought about that, you know, um, with our United Harvest food distribution. Back when we were doing it, where we paired people up and they walked through with a cart, um, I, I would generally help work the registration table, but also float through our waiting area. and. Uh, we have volunteers like Jane Marsh and Lene Hall who spend their entire three or four hours in that waiting area, interacting with clients, getting them, helping them fill out their paperwork that they have to, but then just loving them and interacting with them. And, um, to be very honest with you, it's a little uncomfortable for me to walk into that waiting space. Uh, and, but through Jane Marsh nudging me, which I really think that the Holy Spirit can work through other people as well. Jane's like, come in here. I, I need your help. Or I need you to talk to this family in Spanish or I need you to meet this person. And um, it, it disrupts the decently in an order life, but it pushes us into a space that God needs us to be in. And, uh, and so that nudging of the Holy spirit, while it may make us a little uncomfortable, we've got to pay attention to it and we've got to respond to it when, when we feel it. Um, and Jesus is, is laying that out. In fact, if we continue in this discourse, this is a rather long speech from Jesus in the Gospel of John from the time he takes up his towel and washes his disciples' feet until he's arrested. Um, and the, the two main themes of this discourse, if we read the rest of chapter 14 and chapter 15 and read back to 13, it's love and it's the Holy Spirit. It's Jesus reminding us that we are people of love and that Jesus will send the Holy Spirit to help us enact that love in the world. Um, and it's beautiful. Uh, it's, it's disquieting. It's discomforting sometimes, but it's beautiful. Uh, It's interesting also that we get this heavy
0: emphasis on what we now think of as the Holy Spirit um, coming through in the Gospel of John, which makes a lot of sense from kind of a historical perspective. John was the the last of the Gospels that was written. So it's the Gospel account that was written farthest away from Jesus' life, um, and, and the resurrection appearances. And so it would make sense then that you would start, as believers get sort of genera- two or three generations out from folks who knew Jesus, hung around with Jesus, to get this sort of emphasis on, uh, well, we can still know Jesus. Um, we can still know Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And we can still know Jesus... Um, through the loving actions of one another, that there's part of this that um, also connects to this idea of identity that you were talking about this past Sunday, um, Greg. This idea that um, they who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. Uh, so, how can you? How can we identify other believers? How can we identify other faithful folks? Well, it's the people. <laughs> who are doing loving things, right? <laughs> it's the people who are keeping the commandments. Um, so it's, it's this an emphasis on the Holy Spirit that you don't, I mean, it comes through in the baptism scenes and the synoptic gospels and that sort of thing, but, but you don't get that sort of emphasis to that um, degree that you get here in the gospel of John.
2: Yeah. I, I, I I like what you're saying, Damon, about how these people—they're kind of reaching for ways to know Jesus, to express that we can still know Jesus here and now, and we find ourselves doing that too, two thousand years later. And like Greg said, um, a lot of times it—it it does involve the the messy kinds of love, where where we can most readily see Jesus at work, and and you know Jesus modeled that in his own life. A lot of the things, a lot of the activities he engaged in were a bit messy, so to speak, um, and sort of unconventional and maybe unappreciated or even disapproved of by a lot of the people around him. And I think what, when I think about what enabled him to do that, to go into those uncomfortable places, I think it's that he had this level of freedom, freedom from worry about what others think freedom from fear, freedom from, um, self, um, selfish motives, maybe he was so, so aligned with what God was commanding him to do at any given moment. And he so, so trusted that whatever that commandment was, was the right thing to do, that he was able to go into those uncomfortable spaces. He was able to do those messy and kind of difficult, crazy things at times. And I think that level of freedom is available to us too, that, that, that opportunity to let go of the things that might hold us back from, from doing hard things, difficult acts of love. And one of the things that allows us to do that is to be always looking back, um, at Whether it's our own life or the life of our church family or even the life of our whole um, faith heritage, when we study the scriptures in their entirety, um, we can see so many opportunities, so many times when what God asked people to do was the right thing to do, even though it was hard. And so we can, we can build that trust in ourselves as we look back. And Greg always does a great job of, of this in, in reminding us of the ways that we have served and the ways that we have answered um, God's call as a church family. And it's helpful to do that. There's a reason why he encourages us to remember these things so often. It's to build that trust. That even the, when God asks us to do these acts of love that are hard, it's the right thing it's good and it's okay and it's how we show that we love God
1: yeah I am um, when our United Harvest distribution numbers have come up since coronavirus I know the first distribution we did in March we were really nervous about how many we could provide for and and we did that our nervousness was out of a sense of compassion because we want to make sure that everyone can eat Mm -hmm. Uh, but also out of a sense of we're, we're offering a service to the community. How do we make sure that the the community can receive it? Well, and wasn't it, we ordered 150 more meals than we had ever ordered or 150 more distributions than we'd ever ordered. And it came out within two or three distributions of where we needed to be. Um, And God provided Mm -hmm. and the Holy spirit was at work that day through our distribution, uh, keeping people safe and also making sure that people were, uh, were provided for. And if we're if we're if we open ourselves to that um, and and can sort of work on our awareness of that of being able to see it at work, I think that that's and that's what Jesus is telling his disciples too, right? I won't be with you much longer, but you will have this advocate if you pay attention, and this advocate will be with you and, and will help you and, and, and allow you to continue the ministry of love that I have shown you for the years that I've walked with you. Um, And yeah, Damon, I'll. Uh, I'll suggest to you for the affirmation of faith, there's a section in our brief statement of faith in the Presbyterian Church that talks about the work of the Holy Spirit, um, which I've used whenever I've preached on the Holy Spirit. But um, I'll send that to you if uh, Damon will be uh, leading or preaching on Sunday and, and putting together the liturgy. So anyways, I'll share that with you because I, I love the language in there and it, it both takes our Presbyterian heritage and the desire to do things decently in order and it combines it with a, a broad and beautiful vision of the Holy Spirit. Um, that allows us to, to realize there's going to be some discomfort in that too. So.
0: Now, we're not going to run the risk of using up all of our Holy Spirit material before Pentecost, are we, Greg?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we okay. can come back to this, no problem. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that flaming procession of cars, hopefully none of them will actually be on fire, but uh, they will have flames on them. And uh, that, that in itself will be a movement of the Holy Spirit that uh, I look forward to seeing on May 30th. So, Damon, you um, ask me every week, can you preach it?
0: Yeah, I, I suppose. I mean, folks have done it before. Um, one of the one little final thought that I, that sort of occurs to me is the sense that um, you know all of these these acts of love. Um, there's also a strong sense of what is what is uniting and what is pulling these different things together. Like what is pulling God, the father and God, the son and God, the Holy spirit and the believer and the believing community, what's pulling them together, what's holding them at their core. And it's this idea of love, right? And, um, anyone who's had the opportunity to volunteer at United Harvest or any real, you know, any sort of activity like that, that's focused on service to others. you know if you've sat around a table and well, let's, let's shower someone with cards or whatever the case, right? Um, You notice about halfway into it and towards the end of it, that 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 acting out, living in love in that way, um, draws all of those folks together. And something that we notice at the end of every go and serve trip, um, all of those sorts like that, coming together and sort of dedicating ourselves in that way pulls us, unites us and pulls us together so um, that seems like seems like plenty of chatting. Um, Kylie, would you mind offering a, a closing prayer for us?
2: I would be glad to do that. Let us pray. God of love, you are love and you invite us to be united with one another and with you as we Act in love in our world. Grant us the ability to be aware of your nudges, your gentle pushes, your invitations that we receive through others. And grant us the courage and the freedom to fulfill your commands in our lives in each moment. God, we thank you for the example of Jesus, for his amazing love for us. We thank you for giving us the great blessing of the Holy Spirit to be with us and to teach us and guide us. Grant us the willingness to be open to what that means, because it may mean crazy new different things that we're not used to. But Lord, we know that whatever you would ask us to do is good for our good and for the good of your kingdom. We pray that you would be glorified in all that we do today and every day. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Kylie and Greg, for joining in on this conversation. Thank you to everyone out there who has been listening along. And until next time, toodaloo.
2: Toodaloo.